And now, coming to you from over 65 million years ago, all the way from the badlands of Montana to the far reaches of Mongolia, follow him on Dino Day Paleo Adventures on Facebook or YouTube. Welcome to Hell Creek and Back with Dino Dave Fuquay. Hello, this is Dino Dave, and welcome to another episode of To Hell Creek in the Badlands. My name is Dave Fuquay, and today I'm going to talk to you about how we all drink from the toilet. That's right. Homo sapiens are incredibly advanced species, or at least it pompously feels that way. But are we really that advanced? I believe our understanding about our world comparatively is about as much as my dog's understanding about his world. And my dog drinks from the toilet. So you see what I'm saying. If an alien were to visit our world even today with all this amazing technology, would they even consider us intelligent? Here's another question. It is believed all phylum of life first appeared 500 million years ago during the Cambrian explosion. Why has it taken 500 million years to evolve an intelligent species? Only in the last 300 years have we even become industrialized. Well, maybe there has been. First of all, I went to look up the definition intelligence in the Wikipedia and they couldn't even define intelligence. There is an argument on what intelligence even is. How dumb is that? If you could not define intelligence, then we don't even know exactly what it is. And if we don't know what it is, can it even be a thing? Street smarts, book smarts, sound smart, live smarts, people smarts. Well, which smart is it? My favorite Far Side cartoon is the one where the, there is a door to the Midvale School for the Gifted. There is huge letters that read pull on the door, and the cartoon shows the gifted child pushing with all his might. We don't even know what smart is. In eighth grade, my shop teacher, Mr. Moran, had only seven and a half fingers. I've always judged shop teachers by the amount of fingers they have. The least amount, the better the teacher. While Mr. Moran was a great shop teacher, I was probably his worst student. I've always had trouble with anything that needs straight lines. And he was giving me instructions this one time and the instructions went in one ear and out the other. He was speaking English, but they were all convoluted in my scattered brain. After his, his instructions, I just stared at him like he just spoke Navajo to me. The next thing he said, I will never forget. Fuquay, you are so dense. However true, how rude. To say that to an impressionable 13-year-old? I thought about it the rest of the day and a long time afterwards. Why am I so dense? Later in life, I realized a few things. First of all, not following shop directions from a teacher who only has seven and a half fingers is actually pretty smart. But here's the thing. I realized later in life that I just think differently than the rest of the world, or at least the norm. Have you ever seen those family circus cartoons where the author Bill Keen shows how little Billy goes home from school. 
He never goes straight home. He'll climb a tree, get on a swing, ride a bike, and the cartoon shows a line of Billy's tracks in circles, zigzags, and loop-de-loops before he finally makes it home to his worried mother. Well, that's how my particular brain works. To solve a problem, I'll, I'll eventually get there, but it, it wanders many, many places first. Hence the need for someone like my shop teacher, who only works in straight lines, to call me dense. So who is smarter? Me, who can think of creative things, but so dense he can't even follow directions? Or my shop teacher, who can make a dresser out of planks of wood? Well, this is why I think there is no such thing as intelligence. We could both be considered smarter, or both dumber, depending on one's point of view or your definition of intelligence. That's why I think we have already had many intelligent species. We as pompous humans think we are so superior thinkers, but I am about to tell you from first-hand experience what I think are the most intelligent species on Earth today, and it's not humans. I barely escaped Montana State University with a biology degree. I began a job search on what or who would possibly want a non-mastered biology degree. Well, apparently, in the Bering Sea of Alaska, it was a law that the fishing boats over 90 feet long were required to hire an observer to count fish and bycatch. These observers are required to have a biology degree. So you mean to tell me I could go count fish in the most dangerous and treacherous waters where most deaths occur per capita of any job and get paid for it? I couldn't wait. Sign me up. It sounded like a blast. Now, I could tell many stories from my 90-day stint out at sea. Yes, I said 90 days. If you That's all it took. If you threw up as much as I did, you would have done 90 days also. I could tell you the story of how they thought they were going to have to call the Coast Guard because I was not, I could not stop throwing up until they found their magic medicine that worked. Ask me and I'll tell you what that is. I could also tell you the story of rooming with a psychopathic captain who went ballistic when he found teeth marks on his pencil, but he left me alone once I caught the kitchen crew throwing plastic in the ocean. I could tell you stories about the massive Charlie horse that left me hobbled for days from free falling into the galley table which caused a few more somersaults and the bowl of oatmeal flying everywhere about the galley because the first mate got caught in a trough. trough. I could tell you many stories from those 90 days at sea, but I want to tell you about the story about the most intelligent, in parentheses, species I have ever seen on this earth. One of the last boats I was on, we were fishing for turbot that lived 5,000 meters below the sea, much too deep for whales. But apparently the killer whales, or orca, absolutely love these things. I was riding along in the wheelhouse with Roman the captain, shooting the breeze and listening to captain's stories. There was a lull in the conversation and we both gazed upon the mesmerizing vastness of the sea for a bit. It was silent. Then I heard something I will never forget. That peaceful sea was suddenly interrupted as the captain yelled the loudest curse word I have ever heard in my life. Ralphie from the Christmas story has nothing compared to this captain. The hair on my back stood stiff as a board. 
What? What? I was scared to even ask. He didn't even speak. He just pointed to the starboard side of the boat. The hair on my neck stood straight again, but this time I was foreseeing something majestic. There, swimming right beside us, as if they were wingmen in perfect formation of our squadron going to battle, were two large male killer whales. The captain then explained to me that if, if we even feed them a little bit, then we would never be able to get rid of them. They will steal everything. They usually send two scouts from their pod, and then the rest of the pod will come later. The problem was the captain already had his long line in the water. These long lines have about a mile of line with hooks about 10 feet apart or so, maybe longer. And they let it set for a day or longer, and then they reel it in and get the hooks one by one, the fish on each, you know, on each hook. I'm sure the orcas already knew this, that the line was in the water, but the captain could not wait longer than three days, otherwise the fish on the line would go bad. So the next two days became a cat and mouse game between the captain reeling his catch in without getting Rod blind from the killer whales. The captain said again, we cannot feed these whales, only decorated with several more curse words. Okay, I'm going to pause the story right there and talk about cursing for just one moment. The expression, curse like a sailor, that is absolutely true as I found out. Those sailors I met, or fishermen, whom I did enjoy, except they sure cursed like a sailor. They used a curse word for every adjective, verb, adverb, adverb, noun, and pronoun. And somehow they knew exactly what each other was talking about. Their whole sentence was, was one different types of curse words. I don't know this is true, but I heard that the Chinese language had the same sounds that mean different things depending on the tone at which the, it was spoken. I believe the sailor or fisherman language to be the same. The, they only use one word for each of their verbs, adverbs, adjectives, etc. And however they could understand each other was by the different inflections of the word just like the complicated Chinese language. It was truly fascinating to see. I personally believe that cursing is most effective when used very sparingly. You know, if someone knows you well enough and at the appropriate time, they will darn well know you are serious. And that's right, I said darn. In fact, I remember one time I used the word freaking unconsciously in a sentence to one of the fishermen. I literally stopped the whole fishing production for two minutes as they all dropped what they were doing, stared at me for a moment, and gave me a good razzing for substituting the word and using freaking. Anyway, back to these freaking killer whales. The captain had to do everything in his power to not feed these whales and give them any taste of turbot. We were all in the wheelhouse with binoculars, no whales in sight. He then started the motor that brings a long line in to see if it would trick them. Nothing. He then brought the long line up just a bit, then dropped the long line back to the sea floor. Still, no whales in sight. He waited longer. I don't know where they are. They went to, the captain explained. But I know they're here just waiting for us to bring that line up. The captain waited another day. Still no sight of whales. It was getting near the third day 
And if the captain was and, and the captain was running out of time, he needed these fish before they were spoiled. He tried some more tricks, nothing, no whales in sight. He did some circles with the boats around in the area, looking for them, still nothing. Okay, he said, I guess we'll go for it. Bring the line in. Tensions grew as the paycheck of every fisherman on that boat was determined on not seeing any whales. The mile long fishing line started to reel in. There was considerable amount of lead line before the first hook. If they saw any whales, they would cut it and let the draw line drop back down to the 5,000 foot depth where the whales could not descend and keep them from eating. We hadn't seen whales for three days and now the lead line was almost all on the boat. It was looking good, too late to turn back now. The fishermen might receive a paycheck after all. After all. Then, at the last possible moment, at the very moment it was too late to cut the line, I'll never forget this sight. Bam, 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 pop, 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 one by one. The whole pot of killer whales rose to the surface. There must have been 20 or 30 of them, about maybe three or 400 yards out. And then they started charging the boat instantly, just as fast as they can. You know, we used to have this dog named Dondi, and if we yelled, dog food, that was his trigger. And that dog would stop what he was doing, wag his tail and his tongue as fast as he can, and come darting towards the house as fast and high, as, as hyper as you'd ever seen a dog come towards, towards, towards anything. Like he was barking a car, he would come running towards the house. Well, that's what these whales were like. I could see the smiles on their faces almost. They just outsmarted the captain. It was too late for him to cut the lines. He gave up. Those killer whales robbed their catch blind. They would not, they, they would bite the fish right off the line and all that would come up were fish heads on each hook. They didn't let one single one get by the, for the poor fishermen. It made my job easy as there were no fish to count. I was surrounded by killer whales all day long, given my own show. Even the mother was teaching the young right below the boat how to do it. I could have petted both of them. Afterwards, when all were full, all the whales were full, the old grandpa then with a wilted fin, he came around and finished what was left. That pod had a smorgasbord of all smorgasbords. It was truly an amazing day. Now, one more interesting thing about that. There were three boats in the area and only one pod of whales. Those fishermen actually played killer whale tag. They would drive their boat with the pod following as close as they could to the other boat and hand them off. Then they would rush as fast as they could to go bring a pod or to go bring their line in, their catch in. Then the other boat would drive back and hand the pod off to us while they went as fast as they could to bring their catch in. Somehow it was an unwritten rule. It was okay to do that. And for the next few days, it went on and on. They, we handed each other the pod back and forth to each other so that they would at least get some of their catch in for a payday. After that day, I was convinced I had seen nothing more intelligent, or at least in relation to its environment than the killer whales that day.
When I was a kid, I was taught dinosaurs were non-intelligent because of their small brain. That cannot be true. First of all, who needs a brain to be intelligent? Especially since we don't even know what intelligence is. How does an ant know how to do and build these amazing ant heels? And they don't even have a brain, yet they do intelligent things. There are Japanese honeybees that can kill a giant hornet by vibrating together, raising their collective temperature to 117 degrees Fahrenheit, and cook the giant hornet, which can only stand 115 degrees. But the honeybees, they can stand, withstand 118 degrees. That's intelligent. Even a plant, somehow fruit has been able to figure out how to make itself taste wonderful at the right time when its seeds are ready by changing to a shiny color. And as added convenience, it will automatically be fertilized from whatever is lucky enough to eat that fruit after it defecates those seeds. How genius is that? One more point I'd like to make as nothing being intelligent up until now. What if the human population had a bad day tomorrow and we all went extinct for whatever reason? How long would the earth take to put all this pollution and industrialization back to its original earthly form? Not long, at least in earth years. I've, you know, I've read that perhaps even a couple million years, all this would be recycled. That's just one day of an Earth's lifetime to be to put things back. We have a lot of cool stuff in our natural history museums, but it's only just a couple picture frames in a very, very long movie reel. We really know little, very little. There could easily have been a civilization that has come and gone and we wouldn't even have known it. Now, I went a little deep in the water there and I don't believe that but it's still something to think about. So, as I yell at my dog for drinking out of the toilet, he has no idea of the concept of what a toilet even is. And I wonder, us so-called intelligent beings whom have no idea of the bigger picture are all just dogs drinking out of a toilet. I am Dino Dave. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Find more about Dino Dave at TreasureStateRadio.com. You are listening to the Treasure State Radio Network.